of the line. Episode 24. Bethany. I was cleaning out my spare room last week. Decluttering, you know. I don't know about you, but I always get sidetracked looking at old photos or letters. Reminiscing. And before I know it, it's midnight and the whole house is a mess. Anyway, I'm in there clearing out an old chest of drawers. And I find this box of notebooks. Diaries, back when I used to keep them. And I find this list I made right before my 40th birthday. This is it. Pros. Well, the reason everyone does it. So you won't die alone. One of those poor old lonely people stuck in a flat all day, no one to talk to except your Alexa, until you lose it altogether. Stuck in a home being cared for by strangers until you die. I don't want that. Cons. I actually quite like being alone. Sometimes. Like in the loo, for example. And that's no guarantee with kids. Like last time I was round at Leah's and she went to pee and Sullivan screamed the place down until she had to open the bathroom door and let him sit on her lap. I don't fancy that. What else? Let's see. Prose brings meaning to your life. That's true. What else will I do with myself otherwise? I'm 39. That's a lot of decades to fill if I don't have kids. Travel? At least until climate change puts an end to that. Take up hobbies? I gave up my embroidery class after two sessions. And I've still got that paddleboard gathering dust in the shed. And there's only so much to watch on Netflix after all. Will I be bored and restless all that time? Cons. Climate change. That's the big one. What kind of world would a child grow up in? In 30 years, will the planet even be habitable? Will they hate me for letting them be born into a world that's on its last legs? That's maybe even more scary than dying alone in the flat watching the Antiques Roadshow all day long and trapping the postman for a chat since you haven't talked to anyone all week. And they say having a baby is the worst thing you can do for the environment. A whole extra person taking up resources. The global population will be 10 billion by 2050. And we just can't sustain that. Could I forgive myself knowing I'd added to the crisis? Pros. What about mum? I'm her only child. So if I don't reproduce, she'll never have a grandchild. I already see mum's eyes misting over when Eileen from next door talks about picking up her grandkids after school and taking them to Costa for baby chinos. She'd love that. Filling them up with sugary treats and buying every toy in sight. Maybe it's selfish to deprive her of that. Especially now Dad's gone. And there'll be no one to help me look after her when she's old. Just me and her. And when I go, there's nothing left of the family at all. Wiped out. That's a lot of pressure. Speaking of pressure, what about all the damage to 
you know, down there. Chloe said it was like a war zone after she had her baby. Couldn't pee right for almost two years. Bladder prolapse. What if I never enjoy sex again? And stitches? Tearing? I really don't like the sound of all that. Rupture? That's not a word I want associated with anything inside my pants. Even if I get through it intact, there's all the other damage to your body. Weight you can never shift. Mumtum, they call it. Swollen ankles, saggy boobs if you breastfeed, and if you don't do that nowadays, the health visitors tell you off. That's what I heard. Can I take that? Never having control of my body again? But then they say you'll never know love like it. What if it's like discovering a whole new colour of the rainbow? A way to see the world that you are missing out on? Who do I have to love once mum's gone? My friends, of course, but they have their own kids and husbands for the most part. And I might never meet anyone. I knew that when I broke up with Tim at the age of 37. (laughs) Poor Tim. He's so sweet. But honestly, I couldn't imagine him ever changing a nappy or getting up to do a night feed. And it's not like he was ever going to make any money with his coffee cart startup. So if I never meet another guy, should I have a baby for someone to love? To keep me company? That just seems like a selfish reason. As well as the potential crotch apocalypse, what about baby brain? That's a real thing, isn't it? Look at Liz. She used to be able to get the countdown conundrum in 10 seconds. And last time I saw her, she could barely follow the plot of doctors. It's the endless Peppa Pig marathons. They'll literally watch the same episode 10 times in a row. That's got to rot your brain. And the mindless bedtime stories and never being able to read a paper or watch the news or even get through a Netflix drama. What would I talk to people about? I don't want to be one of those women who used to be smart and interesting and now just talks to you about potty training when you're trying to eat a Pret chocolate pudding too. They are cute though, aren't they? The little buggers. Those big eyes and soft heads and the way the little fingers curl around yours. The cute noises they make when they aren't screaming their heads off. We're programmed to find little soft creatures with big eyes, totally adorable. To want to protect them and cuddle them. I'm only human. I'm not immune to that. Sometimes I think about it. Holding a baby in my arms. The way their heads droop onto your chest when they fall asleep. So trusting. What if I never have that feeling? Nothing to hold. And I haven't even mentioned the cute outfits, the little socks and baby grows with ducks on. And Halloween? If I never have a baby to dress up as a pumpkin, will that really be a loss? I suppose I could always get a cat. 
but they don't live all that long and anyway some cats are really hostile. They scratch you and tear up your furniture. I seriously doubt I could get a cat into a pumpkin costume. Hmm. Anyway, who's to say I'd even get invited to a Halloween party ever again if I had a kid? I'd be on my own with them, assuming I don't meet the man of my dreams in the next year or so, say. And babysitters cost a fortune. I'll never actually meet someone if I'm home every night. And I can say goodbye to parties, holidays, evening classes, the gym, basically ever leaving the house. And what man would take on a single mum with a kid? Plus, I'd have to give up drinking for at least a year if I get pregnant. Longer if I breastfeed. Mary gave up for four years with her kid. She was practically at school. How much fun would I be without drinking? Not to mention all the other things you can't have. A year without soft cheese, prawns, cooked meat, coffee. I honestly don't know if I could cope. It's going to be hard to be a childless woman in my 40s, though. Everyone feeling so sorry for you. Not included in outings and holidays. Left out of conversations about kids. Gradually not invited to things anymore. At least if you have kids, you're accepted by society. You're seen as having value. I can't bear to be seen as a useless old woman on the scrap heap, dried up, while men my age just go on being virile and pulling 20-somethings. It's not fair. At least if you have kids, you're part of the conversation about the future. I do worry about work, though. When Susanna had her twins, she tried coming back, but it was just impossible. She kept having to leave early and she had vomit all down the back of her suit in the big presentation that time. Everyone moaned behind her back about picking up the slack and eventually she resigned. I haven't seen her in years, in fact. I don't want that to be me. My career is so important to me. I can't give it all up now. And the vomit down your clothes, don't fancy that either. Or the nappies, oh God. Or the constant screaming and snot. Really, when you sit down to actually think about it, you realise there are hundreds of reasons to never do it. It's not remotely rational, is it? But it isn't about thinking. It's about that little voice inside that says, I need this. I need to hold a child in my arms. Breathe in their smell. Hear them call me mummy. Watch them grow. Leave a legacy in them. Oh God. It's impossible to try and decide this way. Maybe I'll see how I feel in six months. It's funny how things work out, isn't it? I did leave the decision six months. Then six months more. Then a year. Then another year. Somehow the years went by and I never did decide I had to do it. So here I am. The decision made itself in the end. And I'm happy. I'm in a relationship with a lovely man whose kids are grown up. I have lots of friends. I travelled the world. I worked hard. I lived my life. I'm converting my spare room into a pottery studio. Sometimes I wish I could go back 
and talk to myself then, trying so hard to decide. And say it's okay. You don't have to decide anything. You can just be and see what makes you happy. Look, everything will work out just fine in the end. You say this is the end of the line, didn't you know? Bethany was played by Lorraine Horgan. The episode was written by Claire McGowan and directed by Mark Haywood. Casting by Sydney Aldridge. Production support by Lynn McConway. Music by Daisy Toot and Kerry Ann from The Herd Collective. The episode was recorded at the Artist's Home Studio and edited by Mitchell Harris. The End of the Line is an Ink Jockey production. But this is not the end of my line. Didn't you know that I'm the one with the time? It's not the end of the line.